0: Hi, welcome to the podcast. Haberman, a Middlecoff podcast.
1: I'm Guy Haberman, and with me once again today is John Middlecoff. How you doing, everybody? All right, this is, uh, 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 listen, if you're listening, leave us a review. I don't. We're not going to get a mailbag in this week. Mailbag will, will return next week. Go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Also, uh, for those of you watching, hit that like button. We've got a great guest on the show today, John. He will not be part of the live stream. If you're listening to the podcast, you will hear him. If you're watching this YouTube, there will be a separate video that goes up later with our guest. And our guest on the show today is Dante Whitner. Dante Whitner, who we just finished three. recording with, and he brings it. Yeah. Three tough guys, you know. It's just three hard nosed SOBs. Yeah, you're on the just, show you're tough guy, you're a tough guy. You know, tough
2: guys <laughs> just gravitate toward other tough guys.
1: He was really good. And uh, we think you're going to really like that. That uh, Pretty high,
2: If Ohio State, no wonder they win. They get high-level guys that are good at football. It's
1: not, I mean, it's not like oh that complicated
2: God. of a strategy. You just get tough guys who can tackle, score touchdowns who are smart. You build a program around them, and you win natties and compete yep. for natties. God, he was
1: <laughs> – It just goes to show, like, at the highest level, you get the highest level. You get, you know, Dante Whitner. Is a total package guy, right? If you're an NFL, he's a total package. He's a smart guy. He's a tough guy. He plays hard, and he's really good. I think there are
2: two even more than Georgia. The two true programs. Maybe Georgia's jumped now with Urban being gone. They choose you. You don't choose them. Like recruiting is like you got to sell them. No, Alabama picks who they want. I yeah. think Ohio State. I think Ohio State falls under that umbrella as well.
1: Yeah, so this is going to be a little snappy of a show outside of that in terms of the live stream because Middlecoff's got a flight. He's going down to play some golf in SoCal. He will be in the stands, uh, stands, who am I kidding? He will be in the suite with Stan Kroenke on Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon for Niners Rams. So let's dive in, John. This show is brought to you in part by MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one, MyBookie.ag, HAM1.
2: Lock of the Week uh, by bookie.ag, promo code HAM1, which we put in earlier this week, and I actually still feel really good about it. Pats, Dolphins, uh, last we got them at minus seven. I'm checking the line right now. It is minus six and a half. So it's going the other way a little bit. I still feel pretty good. Like our chances, Belichick against Tua. Let's go, baby, because we just saw Tua against the Titans, who are not as good of a defense as the Patriots, and the Titans... Kick their ass, Tua. He doesn't stink, but he's closer to stinking than being good.
1: He's not as bad as you want to be as when you're just at, shitting
2: on everything, right? Yeah, he's, he's not as, as bad you, as like the internet meanness to him,
1: right? But that comes from the fact that he was drafted ahead of
3: Justin Herbert.
2: And part of when you just say when you're when you get drafted, just in general as a top five quarterback, and you don't get look like you're ever going to make Pro Bowls, people are just going to be hard
1: on you. Yeah, yeah, it's the physicality of his arm. For sure. And he looks um, tiny, doesn't he? Yeah, right. The physicality of the whole package. That's a better way to put it. BuyBookie.ig, promo code Ham and the number one. When you make that deposit, they will match that deposit. Dollar for dollar, up to 1000 bucks If you accept the bonus, remember, you have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus. Either way, HAM won. Let them know that we sent you. Niners-Rams is the game of the week. And uh, I know this because it's got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman calling the damn thing, John. It's a massive game. Would you say the biggest game since fill in the blank for the 49ers? Super Bowl.
2: That game's pretty big. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> they did not play in a game last year that meant this much, and games are all relative during a season. Uh the Titans game was huge. They lost, but this game is infinitely bigger because uh you lose, I think you have to assume you're going home. It's not a lock they go home, right? You but you have to assume you go home and you, you follow this us, you know, with our phones in our hands, I guess they have a scoreboard at SoFi. They'll be able to see what the score is, but you're so locked into the game. Like, it'll, unless they're down like 20 to nothing at halftime, the Saints, if it's just seven, like you'll just be locked into trying to win, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Now, I guess you, know, you there's not some scenario where you look up and you see what you just described and then you pull, who are you pulling? There's only 46 active players, right? Yeah. The question is can you win with Trey Lance at quarterback? And will Trey Lance play quarterback for the 49ers? If he does, it's going to be you know a, a massive game for him. But I think more than that, this goes back to the team first and foremost. They have had Sean McVay's number, right? They've beat him five times in a row. But you can't deny if you zoom out and look at the McVay and uh, Shanahan eras, the McVay era has gone better. And it's not about comparing the two so much as it is about just getting to the playoffs. And I think there have been some bad years for the 49ers. Last year was one. Um, but the the year that Jimmy got really hurt was one. But missing the playoffs this year with this team, in some ways I think would be the worst of the group. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, this this would really hurt. I I, I think this is about Kyle Shanahan. Because I would say he, despite them having some star players, it's it's different because his personality is different than Harbaugh. Uh, but I do think if you just think of the poster child of this team, I mean, you could put Bosa or Kittle there, but I st- Kyle is still the straw that stirs the drink, right? I mean, to me, it really comes down to him. And it's not even just the matchup him for Sean, because a little bit like quarterbacks, you know how Rodgers always got offended when it's like him playing Brady. He's like, we don't actually play each other, Manning yeah. and Brady, and they're right the the two head coaches are not CEO head coaches. They're both calling offense. So when they, they don't even, they're not going up against each other, even as coordinators, but it does feel like, you know, I, John Gruden originally hired him, but it does feel like the Shanahan family took McVay's career to another level. And now the connection of the Shanahan, the LaFleurs, they're all interconnected. This is just a huge... You win this game, Like you need definitive wins in your career separate from when you win a title or compete, right? Just other parts throughout your career. This will just be one of those games. Remember when Kyle Shanahan went into the Rams with a rookie quarterback or with Jimmy Garoppolo with a splint on his hand and beat Matt Stafford, a guy they just traded two first-round picks for, and the potential division champs, LA Rams, week 18? Like, that's... You and I were bullshitting about this a little bit earlier before we jumped on. The cool part about sports, like, all the games matter. Like, if Steph Curry or Clay Thompson score 90 points in a random game in December, that's really cool. But their ultimate, like, Clay Thompson is not defined by 37 points or whatever in a quarter, right? Or Steph when he scored 50 with the Knicks. They're defined on kicking the shit out of everyone in the playoffs, winning game fives, winning game six, winning game sevens. Belichick is defined not by the Monday night game of the Bills. That's a moment in his career. But all the playoff victories, all the, remember when they stole that thing from Lane Kiffin at Alabama and ran it against Harbaugh and Harbaugh lost his mind in the second round of the playoffs? Like part, James Harden's a great example. He's had all these great moments, nothing in the playoffs. You are defined on big games. And now because of the schedule, week 18 is in January. And there are the Raiders, the Chargers, the Niners, the Saints. There are playoff games this week. Like, true playoff games, you know? And this is a playoff game, and you get... It carries with you for a while, you know? I mean, Harbaugh, the reason we still talk about Harbaugh, he has incredible regular season moments he did with the Niners. He's defined by beating Green Bay on the road, beating, uh, you know, beating Atlanta Green on Bay on at home, road. beating Atlanta on the road, beating the Carolina Panthers, and they were the one seed at the time on the road. Yep. Like, doing shit like that is how... You really kind of separate your career, and I think Kyle has a moment, especially if the rookie quarterback starts. Like that's a huge variable in the discussion, right?
1: Yeah, it is. It is, but I think to your point first, before you get to any quarterback, if they win the game, they're ten wins and they're in the playoffs, and it's a and you know what that is? It's a really successful year. It's just it's a success. Going to the playoffs is a successful year. You look back at like all this Roethlisberger Tomlin stuff, right? Ben played two games without play. Ben played two games in his career in which he was eliminated from the playoffs. That's a ridiculous stat. That's a ridiculous stat. And I think to your point on Belichick or or Harbaugh, like so many of the great moments in sports are created by underdogs, doing things that you that we wouldn't expect you to do. Right? That the best moments in sports are the things that the same cliche line can be written about, you know, you, you, if I wrote this in a storybook, you wouldn't believe it. Right. That type of thing.
2: Wait, Jim Valvano wasn't favored by uh, 20 points. Jim Valvano
1: was not favored. (laughs) Okay. And it's, those are the moments that make sports the best. And now this is a little unique because the Niners have won five in a row, but I think it's, it's the game. It's the rivalry. It's on the road. It's in a year of uncertainty and a lot of injury. And I think it would become one of the years uh, put it this way, it would be the second biggest year for Kyle Shanahan as a head coach. I think Kyle Shanahan should have a big smile on his face if he walks off the field at SoFi with a win. Because it would be a significant, significant achievement. He and will not have a smile on his face. He and wants. he will have a smile on his face. Yeah. This is these are the games when you um, you know, when you when you when you sift through the fact that there's not there's a lot of games without playoff implications. But then you get a game or two like this, and it makes week eighteen worth it. You know? I agree.
2: I mean, this is this is the best part about sports. You know, I mean, all the games, if you're a sports fan, can be cool with your team, but you really get the make or break, in or out. And in football, there's there's not a series, right? Even in basketball, you gotta wait till game seven, and game seven feels like a football game. Football, the game is a football. It just you're one and done. And it's, yeah. it's to me, it's their, their sport. Uh, definitely the playoffs are what makes the NCAA tournament so great. Like you fuck up, you're gone. you know, like, they can't like Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo throws two picks and you're down 14. Like it's, it's a devastate like this. It's a finite thing. It's over. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nobody tunes in to watch evil Knievel walk on a string over a one foot drop. You got to be over a cavern. <laughs> you got to be the over Canyon. the Grand Canyon, right? Yeah. <laughs> What you lose adds to what you gain. So, I mean, is this going to be... We'll talk to Dante Whitner about this. Dante has a very interesting perspective on this game and the Niners' chances if it's Jimmy Garoppolo or if it's Dante, uh, Dante Whitner or Trey Lance. But, I mean, how do we view it right now? Because the one thing you can't deny, Jimmy Garoppolo has beaten the Rams repeatedly. Jimmy Garoppolo has beaten the Rams before. Kyle Shanahan knows how to beat the Rams with Jimmy Garoppolo. He hasn't done that yet with Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, I I think the biggest risk in
2: this game is just this guy would be in over his head, which would could happen to any player in his status, right? Coming from college, didn't play that much, smaller school, and then didn't get to play as a rookie and got his third start of the season in a biggest game against a 12-13 win team. Like, that that would be hard for – I think if Peyton Manning was on with us right now, he's like, if you were throwing me in that situation, and I was a four-year starter in the SEC – That would have been difficult. I didn't get to play all year. I got one start leading up to it beside another one that was two months ago. Like, it's just, I I do understand where Kyle's coming from and wanting to start Jimmy Garoppolo. But I do get back to, Jimmy said this yesterday, it feels like the web of his finger is ripping when he grips the ball. And I, Jimmy's, he's what's the point? Like, he's going to get cut. He's going to be on another team next year. I just think he's being honest. Like, I, I think he's in a lot of pain. And it's what I get back to, you and I talked about it earlier this week. You can play through you know, a tight hammy or a fucked up elbow. or We've seen all the injuries in football, tight hips. I I just do not think that you can throw the ball if you can't grip the ball. And he couldn't practice yesterday, uh, very limited. And, you know, I know they're acting like he's throwing the ball well, but I think they want that. I think the Niners want that out there. He's saying it feels like the rip of my hand. And why why would he... I, I don't expect him to be able to go. I could be wrong. I mean, I'm just, this is based on... You're saying the your Niners want it
1: out there that he's practicing to just yeah. create a, yeah, the unknown, uh, no question. No question. But I also understand if you're him, um, why you play, you know, I think we spent a lot of time with Jimmy talking about all the other things Jimmy has going for him, but he might like playing football and being out there with his teammates. And he might want to play, even if it hurts, even if Don Yee's like, I don't know, Jimmy, this hurts how much money the next team might give you. If you go out there and play poorly, right. I mean, we talk about a lot of things with Jimmy, including his play. Every time I watch Jimmy Garoppolo, you know what I think? I think this guy likes playing football.
2: Well, most – a lot of – if you're decent at football, especially you're a quarterback, like why wouldn't you want to play football if you're a quarterback?
1: Yeah, right. So, I, I mean, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is doing everything he can to play the game.
2: I think he I, would no, try I don't, to – I don't disagree there. Like, I think he wanted to play last week. He's just not able to. Now, you could you, – the pushback could be for me saying, like, what is he really – you know, they're getting rid of him. Well, what if he plays this game, banged up, wins, and throws a couple touchdowns? Like you talk about improving your value. He's, he's 30 years old. Last time I checked, he has a long runway to continue his career and make a lot of cash in a league that has a lot of money.
1: Yeah. I think most guys, if given the chance, would do the, do, do the Ted Williams. Like you can sit out the last day of the year and preserve your 400 average or play, roll the dice, and see if you can make it better. Ted could have lost his 400 average. Didn't he end up it, getting 402 or something? Yeah, and he played, and he and he, he got a hit, and he went 402. Um, now, it's unique because that's a record. That's not a playoff thing. I mean, this is the whole – Jimmy Garoppolo's whole thing is like trying to do this, make it to the playoffs. So I think if he doesn't play, it's it's very much because he is not capable. And I go back to I, – I don't think that's not what – kyle shanahan wants kyle shanahan's preference would be to have a jimmy garoppolo that's healthy enough the question is what can he get out of trey if trey is the guy that has to be the quarterback against the rams and i think the first thing he needs i just i just want to make this point i think the first thing he needs and this goes back to i thought of this after actually talking to dante they got to find a way for trey lance on the seven times that he runs to be a more decisive runner with a young quarterback against a good defense I think it's critical that the last week was spent convincing Trey. Like, Trey, if you're going to run, you got to go. Your best chance is just going to be go. And maybe you can change the game with one big run.
2: I was in the car yesterday hearing Steve Young on with Tom. And Steve's like, yeah, in my gut, I think Kyle Shanahan's going to do everything humanly possible to start Jimmy Garoppolo in this game but he's like, he would be crazy. And he's obviously I'm jaded. I grew up, I came up in the league, even around Joe Montana, where we both played, you have to give him place. So if Jimmy Garoppolo is to me, he's got to be close to like 90, 95%. Like he can't, you can't throw him out there 60, 70% unless you are willing to immediately like the opener in baseball, which I don't think Kyle would be, you know, I think Kyle would write it out a little bit. And I, he's just dead set on who gives him the best chance to win 100% healthy. Jimmy probably does, but that is not the case. So, but I do get, like you said, Trey hasn't shown that he'll just let it rip with his legs. Trey hasn't shown that he's just ready at the NFL level, all four quarters, just to beat. I mean, he played one good team in his two starts and it was a really big struggle for him, which is again, understandable. At the time that team was like the best defense in the league. They have fast guys everywhere. Well, so does this team. Now, the Arizona is a pretty good home field advantage. I'd say when they're good at football, like that place kind of rocks. I would expect, I'll be shocked if it's not minimum 55, 60%. percent there gonna be a lot of red. There would be my guess, including yours. Oh uh, yeah. I brought a red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I, I think it will have to be a, it'll obviously be a Testament to Trey Lance. If they win the game with Trey, I think it, it'll, it'll have to be a big Shanahan game. I mean, it's a huge Shanahan game, picking his spots and making sure his guy knows what to do in big spots. And then that what does that mean? It means you're just trying to get the ball to Kittle, you're trying to get the ball to Debo, and guys got to make plays. Yeah, I mean, I
2: just think on a big picture for the game, they've obviously been on the right side of this, and they've won, the I think, the turnover battle, whether that's throwing picks, whether that's fumbling, whether that's getting interceptions from Stafford and the special teams. like You can't muff a punt. You cannot fumble a kickoff. Like their special teams, like just don't you don't have to do anything crazy. Like Robbie, you got to hit a field goal or whatever, but just no muff punts, no drop field goals, it, or I mean, no dropped you know uh, field kickoff returns, any of that shit. To me, they're losing, and I, 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 I'm gonna be very nervous. You know how we get nervous when they throw deep on the Niners? I say every special teams play, minus the field goal, and even the field goal, I don't have much faith the guy's gonna make the kick. It's more I just get very nervous that a royal fuck up is coming.
1: I know. I know. It's, it, you know, winning a football game is dodging. It's a lot of dodging minds. It's and it's, you know, now the beauty is they'll throw you. Stafford's going to throw you a couple. If it hits Ambry Thomas in the chest, is he going to catch it? Josh Norman hit not in the hands. <laughs> I don't know. The, That P.I. That P.I. All right, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham right now where you sign up at indeed.com slash ham. You got a $75 credit to sponsor your first job post.
2: Yep. Guy, indeed.com slash ham. Here's the thing. Indeed is the only job site you see today came out 4.5 million people quit their job. So if you run a business, if you're part of a company, the HR firm, anything that's involved in hiring, there are a lot of human beings just out there and obviously, a lot of people need to make hires. Well, the, the, uh, the group of individuals looking for jobs, hi, a lot of people out there. So Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. They find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates. They're able to use these queries and algorithms and find you the person that you want for your job. Hiring's difficult. You know,
1: we we, we can relate. It's it's hard. So use Indeed.com slash am. Yep. It is an unbelievably powerful hiring uh, partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So this is like your own person. You are the athletics director, and they are your search firm. But unlike some search firms, they do all the heavy lifting for you. And, uh, you know, they're not going to cost you $800,000 like a college football search firm might. Actually, like 50 to 125. It's a lot of money good scam they got going uh indeed.com slash ham okay so this is where you get your applicate your applicants have over 135 assessments from tests to cooking to coding pick what skills are important to you and then you get a clear view of your top talents abilities faster right now go to indeed.com slash ham terms and conditions apply if you need to hire you need indeed $75 $75 YouTube. off. Podcast also brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. We are sponsored by betterhelp.com slash ham pod. Better help online therapy. Check them out at betterhelp.com slash ham pod. Here's the thing,
2: guy. This is not a crisis line. It's not self help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. The service is available for clients worldwide, all without ever having to sit in the uncomfortable waiting room. Listen, we all need someone to talk to sometimes. That's where BetterHelp.com/hampod comes in. All virtual. Your home office, your computer, wherever you are, your phone in your car. Uh, no one has or to live, know. Live chat. Live, whatever you need. We all need someone to talk to. I mean, we every single human can relate to that. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. 10% you off. Invest
1: in everything else. Why not invest in your mind? BetterHelp.com slash ham pod for 10% off. Yep, good point. B E T T E R H E L P dot com slash ham pod. BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. John, it's great to have Dante Whitner. Dante Whitner, the pro bowler, the 11-year pro, the man who was part of 41 wins for the 49ers in just a three-year span, the eighth overall pick out of the Ohio State, one of five players drafted out of Ohio State in the first round in his draft year, which is crazy. And, uh, Dante, we appreciate it, man. Can you still hear 100,000 people in your ear uh, when you close your eyes?
4: I can. Those those were some some surreal days being on the field in front of 100,000 plus. There's no NFL venue that can even come close to what it's like to play inside the shoe on Saturdays.
2: You know, it's funny that, you know, when I think of you, obviously the Niners and, you know, getting drafted really high. But Ohio State is such a defining thing for so many of you guys. And the program is such a dominant program. But When I think of Ohio State, you know, it's guys like you crushing people on defense, even after you, Urban Meyer's teams. When you watch, obviously these wide receivers and the quarterback are sweet, but the no defense, a guy like you, are you like, what the hell's going on? Can't we tackle somebody?
4: Yeah, it makes me cringe. And when I watch it, it's all simple things. It's crack replaced on the edge. It's the awareness of the corners. It's leverage. It's lack of pass rush. It's tackling. It's the small things. And when I played at Ohio State, that's what it was all. We we were defined by defense. We were defined by doing the little things the right way, and that leads to exceptional success. And that's why the defense has failed. Um, you know, I feel like if the defense would have played just a little bit better, they could have beat Michigan, and they would have been in the Final Four. Um, I didn't feel like Cincinnati would rank well or match up well with Alabama, and, and they proved me right. Yeah.
1: I mean, can you get back there in college football right now? Or is that era gone? Even Saban stopped trying to, you know, pl- have a defense that averaged like 15 points a game.
4: Yeah, but it's, you know, it's, it's the basics. And, and when you teach defense, it's all fundamentals. And, yeah, I know that they have the RPO game and a lot of the trick stuff that they have in the league right now or in college football right now, but there's ways to combat that is certain looks that you give the quarterback, especially a lot of these young rookie quarterbacks. If you could just teach your defensive bags, underneath coverage, nickel back, and corners, how to look a certain way, you can confuse a lot of these quarterbacks. And a lot of the stuff that they're doing at the snap of the ball, where they're looking at the defense, you can have built-in things, or you can show them something just because you want them to check into a certain offensive set, formation, or run. So I think that it's the defensive coaches getting a little bit more detailed and a step ahead of the offense, and you can play really good defense.
2: Well, I got to ask you one more thing about Ohio State. You had a former teammate that tipped me off that you played for Mel Tucker. And I don't know if you saw that viral uh, visual that went out during his bowl game, that when he was a GA at Michigan State, $400 a month, and then under him now in 2021, He's getting, I mean, NFL money, he's getting quarterback money, $95 million guaranteed. Uh, What was it like for you, I mean, playing for the guy, but seeing him just get that contract, had to be pretty cool.
4: Well, first off, I remember him sitting in my living room in Cleveland, Ohio, in the middle of the ghetto, him and Coach Trussell just sitting there and trying to get me to come to Ohio State. I remember arriving at Ohio State early as an early recruit and how he took care of me all that first week, and a lot of times, you know, I remember the funny stories that, you know, he would just tell. And it was one story where Ashton Yabode, I think Ashton was a first round, late first round, second round pick out of yeah. Texas, Houston, Texas. And, you know, he didn't want to tackle in spring practice. And he missed a few tackles. And we get back to the meeting room. And the first thing he does when we get in the room is he pull Ashton up and attack on Drew. He said, Ashton. If I was to tape an egg to the front of your helmet before practice, it'll still be intact when practice is over. You are soft, right? And then he would always say, if we had a bad game or if we, you know, had a bad practice, he would always say, you guys are going to have me selling meat out the back of my truck," right? <laughs> and it's that voice. And Mel Tucker deserves every penny that he's getting. He put the work in. Um, you know, he did it the right way. He preaches fundamentals. He preaches effort. He preaches, he preaches discipline. He preaches being a good person off the field so it translates to on the field. And that's why he's having the success that he's that he's having. And he, he's learned from some good ones. Nick Saban, um, um, our defensive coordinator, and uh, Mark D'Antonio, who he replaced at Michigan State. These are all people that teach the same thing. They teach the same system, and he's perfected it. And he deserves every penny that he's getting.
1: Do you do a Vic Fangio meeting impression?
4: No, Vic just put the dip in his mouth and, you know, he never wanted us to take notes. There's one thing about Vic Fangio that's unorthodox than any other coach is every day after practice, I'm sure other teams did it, where we would go in and review the practice for two hours after, after practice. And he never wanted us to take notes. Like, there's other people like, get your notebook out, write this down, write that. He would just say this. He would get up in front of the team and our first defensive meeting. He said, if you listen to me and you remember what I tell you about a certain cause, you'll have success in this defense. And every day in that post-practice, he would just point out certain things and it would just happen in the game. So that's one thing about Vic Fangio is he put a lot of work into what he does and He's really a mastermind at what he does on the defense side of the ball. And it's not just call a blitz, call a defense. It's he learned from the offensive side of the ball. He learned how to attack different uh, blocking schemes. He learned how the receivers are taught and inside leverage and what the quarterback is taught based on depth and with perception of the safeties and the, uh, in the, in the mannerisms and the footwork of the corners and the depth and the mannerisms of your nickel. So he teaches all of that stuff first to his defense and then he teaches the defense. So that's why they're always one step ahead. That's why we were always one step ahead. We think.
2: Well, I mean, obviously we had a big game this weekend, but it's hard to leave those Harbaugh teams, uh, you know, early on when you signed as a free agent was well, that was Jim's first year, right?
4: Yeah. That was his first Tra- year.
2: Trent bulky signed you to a contract. You show up Harbaugh, Vic Fangio, did you know about those guys well? I mean, obviously, nope. Jim Harbaugh. I mean, wh- how did that all go down?
4: I didn't know anything about him. I initially committed to the Cincinnati Bengals probably two hours before Jim Harbaugh called me. And once he called me and said, hey, 49ers want you to come out and be the starting strong safety, I had to weigh my options. i like, do I want to go to Cincinnati, San Francisco? Yeah, San Francisco wasn't winning at the time, but I'm thinking weather. I'm like, okay, San Francisco. I didn't know who the coaches were. I knew who Jim Harbaugh was based on what he did at Stanford. But I didn't know if he would have NFL success. I didn't know how his systems would translate. And once I got into San Francisco, we had a bunch of guys. And it was unknown because we were coming off a lockout year where it was a buyer's market and guys weren't getting the deals that they wanted. Deshaun Golson, he was disgruntled. Um, I had to hold out for a long time. Buffalo wanted to lowball me. And then Cincinnati came late. And then San Francisco came and Carlos Rogers was dealing with the same thing in Washington. So the way that that team was assembled, it was almost by the grace of God and luck. Because if that lockout never happened, guys probably going to take the largest yeah. deals and not just in San Francisco. So we, you know, put that team together. And I didn't think we knew that we were going to win until we played the Dallas Cowboys, who were predicted that year to be one of the top teams, not only in the NFC, but in the entire NFL. And we had them beat. They came back to score a late fourth down, I mean, a late fourth quarter touchdown. And then I had, they had a big play in overtime where they beat us. And I remember going back and driving home that day. I'm like, man, we, we might be a good team. So from then on, I think we ran off like eight, nine in a row, we beat the dream team in Philadelphia with Michael Vick and Vince Young. And, Justin Justin
2: Smith got Jeremy Macklin running away. Justin Smith,
4: and I remember Navarro Bowman, that was his coming out party with the open field tackle, on Michael Vick, Um, you know, so that's when we figured out that we were going to be good, but that team was just assembled by like a grace of love.
2: Yeah, I mean, you two safeties and the two linebackers were putting guys in body bags every week, you know, that was was a different time in the NFL, man. You guys were cracking skulls, you specifically
4: yeah i think you can continue to play that way today but you have to hit in a different manner um because i don't see it any differently i think you just have to lower your target that much more but yeah any of those hits when you bring impact and you do it the right way it ain't hurt <laughs> believe in it and you can still put fear and opponents over the middle of the field and i think jakoski tart and jimmy ward have been doing that they especially bring- over the last few weeks if you're watching the game like i watch it Tart has been extremely physical. I don't know what's gotten to him. I don't know how much, what kind of, um, you know, um, gunpowder they're feeding him, but he's awakened in the backhand. And Jimmy Ward has always been a physical tackler, so I like that. That's the strength of the 49ers defense. So, yeah, you can still continue to put fear in the middle of the field, but nobody did it like me and Deshaun, nobody.
1: I, we, John and I were laughing yesterday, the photo of you after you hit Pierre Thomas. Everyone's yeah. going for the ball, and you're just walking away. Navarro's standing there like what the hell just happened? Well
2: Navarro's looking at a crime scene right there, you know? Yeah, he's
4: looking at a crime scene. <laughs> and uh only thing I can think of when I see this pack, this picture is like, damn, I feel fat. Look at my stomach <laughs> poking up. That's the only that- thing. But I remember this play. I remember exactly what coverage we were playing. We had like man to man underneath. I was supposed to be the inside of the uh receiver here so if he ran and took an inside release inside route i would double it the corner would fluff off and help the back coming out now remember precisely big fangio telling us that if you allow the new orleans saints to score on this first drive of the game in their first fifteen fifteen 15 plays of the game and they get momentum then it's probably going to be a loss for us so we need to do whatever we have to do to keep them out of the, the end zone so when Navarro lost him and I got into the inside release and I was free, I was like, shit, here's my opportunity. I didn't know it would try out like that. I just knew that if I caught him at the right time, I would get a good lick on him. And it just so happened that I caught him just the right way, the ball pop out. And once I saw the ball pop out, I'm like, man, I let them clean up the mess. That's why I just walked to the sideline. Like, in that moment, I immediately thought, like, I will let them clean it up. I already did the work, so... <laughs> Yeah. What What would you say?
2: You guys played some crazy games, obviously, in your time with the Niners. A couple of them were the losses, right, the Seattle game and the Super Bowl. But the wins, I mean, that frigid, cold Green Bay game, or that win specifically, because the historic Alex run, then the Jimmy Graham touchdown. I mean, it was just the the last three minutes. I mean, then
4: I mean, Vernon Davis. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember going to New Orleans and them stealing the game from us with the Ahmad Brooks. Late hit. hit. Or whatever, or and it wasn't a yeah. late hit. They, he kind of had Drew yeah. Brees around the neck. He forced a fumble. Patrick pick it up. They get the field goal, go off and beat us. I remember the NFC Championship. Was it NFC Championship? No, it might have been a divisional round. In Atlanta? The Giants. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When, candlestick with a rain. was, it was Kyle, the NFC Championship. When Kyle yeah. fumbled the two punts. Teddy Gann was out. I remember... Was it,
2: wasn't, Eli, wasn't Eli like one of ten on third down? Yeah, we were dominating
4: them on defense. Kicking the their ass. Drizzle. And then I'm like, oh, man, Teddy's not back there. He fumbled it. They go on and win the game. I remember the NFC Championship versus Matt Ryan, how difficult and tough it was. He had tight ends. They had backs. They had wide receivers. Julio was the top of his game.
2: Tony Gonzalez was, was still playing, Tony right?
4: Gonzalez. It was difficult to stop them. It came down to the last play. I remember the Super Bowl. I remember us not playing as well as we accustomed to playing on defense, and we really, really blew that game. If we could go back and just have those plays, the plays that we've seen a million times in practice, it seemed like on this day when everything could go wrong, it just went wrong. Like things that we've done a million times over the previous two, three years just went wrong that day. yeah, so I remember some of the big moments. I remember a lot of that. Oh, I remember the game when we went to New Orleans and we beat them there. When Ahmad Brooks intercepted the pass, ran it back. Then Deshaun Goson knocks the receiver out over the middle. I think it was coast and the ball pops up to me. I run it back. Um, we had some big wins. And then that frigid game. The frigid game versus uh, the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, on the road, I think it was like minus below zero. Kaepernick and the boys come out with no sleeves on. You wear I'm like, sleeves? I'm like, man, they crazy. I'm. <laughs> it's freezing out here. I remember Cap just running all over the Green Bay Packers. I remember how laser locked in and focused he was. It was like on that day when everything was against him, everything was against the team. He put everybody on his shoulders, and he was the reason why we won that game that day. Um, you know, and then I remember going to Gillette Stadium. I remember jumping up and beating up on the New England Patriots. I remember disguising and Aaron Gonzalez, Aaron Hernandez, and all those guys out there running around. Remember, we caused like five or six turnovers in that game. We jumped up on that team thirty something to six seven. So a lot of the top quarterbacks where we had the greatest memories because we dominated them. Yeah. We we pretty much only lost to those guys one time, and it was Drew Brees. The game that they stole, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, none of the top guys. Drew Brees. They didn't beat us. Matt Ryan, none of them beat
1: us. Well, let's talk about young quarterback in big games, because I think those eras were defined by the defense and the fact that you guys went on the road with a young quarterback. Now, Trey's a rookie. Colin was not a rookie in those years. You got to see Colin as a rookie before you know anyone else really did. But obviously he developed to some degree while not playing. Um, what do you think of Trey right now if he ends up, in this opportunity that feels like it's not a playoff game like some of those Colin games, but it's a big moment early in his career. Can he win on the road against the Rams?
4: Deep in my heart, I, I just know that they're going to play and start Jimmy Garoppolo. They don't have a package for Trey Lance, but deep in my heart, with everything on the line, with the way that Jimmy Garoppolo maneuvered and operated this offense with efficiency the last time, knowing how they have to win this game, I just can't see – The 49ers going with Trey Lance in this huge game and this opportunity. Um, I think that with his development, he's still raw. He has all the tools and the capability, but he's still a one-read quarterback. And when I say that it is, when he's not there the first read, he doesn't have – he's not comfortable going through his read and just sitting there when he's sitting in the pocket. So if it's not there right now, he's going to end up running around and trying to improvise. Now, when the 49ers – last week in the second half – they started to move him outside the pocket. You've seen a lot of boots. You've seen a lot of waggles. You've seen a lot of deep setup in the pocket, and he's starting to get to the point where he's outside the pocket. He's doing a good job with his eyes of moving it underneath coverage and moving guys how he want to move them. There was a very, very, very uh, impressive throw. I think it might have been in the third quarter when he booted to the left. He had a guy fall up in his face. He could have thrown it to George Kittle right here the first read, but he threw off his back foot and threw the comeback to the outside number of the receiver. That was impressive. Yeah. But with a team like the L.A. Rams, you don't want a quarterback that's just a first-read quarterback because now you have Aaron Donald, you have Leonard Floyd, you have Von Miller. You don't have time to be fooling around in the pocket. You don't have time to be trying to run away from these guys because they're going to catch you. So when I look at this game, I'm thinking that Jimmy Garoppolo has to be the man. It's a formula to beating the L.A. Rams. And I think that Trey Lance for next season, yeah, you can give him that. But this big game here, I think it goes to Jimmy Garoppolo. See, I'm I'm a little surprised.
2: I saw you a couple weeks ago after the Tennessee game being hard on Jimmy. But then hearing you talk after watching that game, I hear the Mel Tucker, the Vic Fangio in you watching Trey, knowing this game, knowing that I don't know if that's going to translate. Is that fair? You just. You just he's just too raw to put in the situation. If Jimmy's able to go, it, it could get he could get overwhelmed.
4: Yeah, he can get overwhelmed, and you need efficiency, and they're going to come after him. You don't want to put him in that high-pressure situation. There were multiple balls last week versus the Houston Texans, and we're not talking about the Baltimore Ravens. We're not talking about some middle-of-the-pack defense. We're talking about a team that's basically 32nd in every statistical category, and he just mustered to get some yards in the, in the second half. Off of a play where... The corner on the back side was really supposed to just go straight back and take away the Debo Samuel route, and we're never even talking about this right now. So things like that. like So this team right here, this defense that they have over there, they have a lot of guys that are highly skilled at what they do. Their defensive backs don't give up a lot of yards. They don't give up a lot of yards after the catch. They get consistent pressure up front. So I don't think this is a game where you can fool around with a guy that, you know, is, is pretty unproven, and I don't really trust him. Versus this defense in a higher pressure situation. Jimmy's been here before. Jimmy is efficient. His game goes well with what the LA Rams want to do on defense. I don't think you, I don't think you put the season on the shoulder of Trey Lance. So what happens if Jimmy can't play? Then how does it have to look? Yeah, I think you got to get out about that. You got to play complimentary football first and foremost. You know that when the LA Rams turn the ball over early, they lose the game. They typically lose when they lost to the Tennessee Titans. When they lost to the 49ers before, when they lost to it's another loss in there that they have. When they turn the ball over multiple times, Green Bay, when they turn the ball over early, when they can't, uh, when they off, the, the, offense, the the opposing offense, the
2: nine, the Niners, they turn the ball over early, turn it
4: over when they, in, in the opposing offense has ball control, which means that you can put together some long drives, you can get some screens, you get some wide receiver screens, you're great on third down. That's when they lose. So I think that if Trey Lance is out there. It's still run first offense. You still have to get up somewhere around the 40 carry mark. So do, you, do you, so you think they can beat him with Trey Lance? I don't think they can beat him with Trey Lance. I really don't. Um, when I see and I watch the film, I, I think it was some phenomenal throws that he made. This slant to, to Debo Samuel. And what he did in that play as a cover three, he's supposed to look to the right to move Christian Kirksey, the middle linebacker, come back. Trust that he's going to be open in that hole. He did those things, but with a defense that's as versed and been together as long as the LA Rams, I don't trust him. I don't trust his timing. You, um, you'd
2: be you'd be licking your lips playing a guy like Trey Lance. Yeah, you'd be start. licking
4: your lips, and and, and basically because you know he showed it with with the interception that he threw. That's really a trick play. That's called a wide shallow. And when I say wide shallow. It's whoever's in that near tight end position. When you fake the run and you boot out, they're just going to sift down the line of scrimmage and come out the backside and hope that the backside defender, whether it's a linebacker or a safety, somebody fell asleep and they ran front side, taking it to quarterback. So he's going to be wide open. They tried to give him a gimme and he still didn't read it properly. It was just a corner two cover sitting there, saw him leaking out, and there was no reason why he should have threw that ball. He should have checked it down the count, You check in front of you, or you even take a shot to Debo Samuel because the inside safety to the front side is just sitting on the route. Other than that, you don't throw that football. So that's why I say I don't trust him in that situation. It's going to be a high-pressure situation in L.A. That defense is going to be juiced up. they got a lot to play for. The 49ers basically embarrassed them the last time they played, and the last five times they played them. So... I think this is a game where if Jimmy can go, he has to be out there.
1: What do you see with him as a runner? I mean, one of the things I think that probably helped Colin early, right, was he was so dangerous with his legs. Trey looks a little uncomfortable at times. He looks hesitant. Yeah, what do you make of it?
4: He looks hesitant. It showed me that on that fourth and one, when they tried to go to that quick pitch. You have to influence the defensive end first. They teach you that in Little League football. It was a fourth and one where he's supposed to get the ball, go down the line of scrimmage. You have a linebacker there. He has to choose who he's going to take, you or the pitching, the guy you're going to pitch it to. You pitch it so early, he gets to run down the line of scrimmage and make a play on fourth down. That tells me that he doesn't necessarily want to run the ball, put Lamar Jackson in that situation. He doesn't want to pitch it. He's going to run down the line of scrimmage. He's going to fake pitch it, and he's going to be running up the sideline. That shows me that he doesn't want to run the ball. There was another one where he tried to do the – RPO and get outside to the left and he took a big hit from the safety right you're not trying to put a move on a guy I look like me you're just bracing like a running back that's inside the tackles that's where you know you have to be elusive outside the pocket so I don't think teams are fearing him in the open field right now like a guy like Kyler Murray Lamar Jackson guys that are really trying to run the ball those are the guys that you have to fear
2: do you think it's because he comes from a small school? So he's not – it's just – everything is just – he's overwhelmed by the speed of everyone right now? Or is it just every player is different? Like you've played with guys at Ohio State that were overwhelmed when they get to the NFL. It's not necessarily it could be that. Thing.
4: It could be that. And then the speed of the game. You know, when I came in from Ohio State, it was really fast. And you remember, he had all last, the, the previous year off. I think he only played, what, one game? Yeah, mm-hmm. didn't even um, You know, so the game, the speed, the game is going extremely fast for him. So that could be it. Um, you know, and he'll get better as time goes on. But right now, um, he's not really a threat in the running game in my eyes.
1: So, uh, you know, you mentioned the safeties you think are playing really good football right now. What, what about the situation with the cornerbacks? Can the 49ers win? with what's been a little instability. I don't know how you feel about if Ambry Thomas has been playing better or not lately, but can the Niners survive with the cornerback situation?
4: I think Ambry Thomas has been playing better Um, going back and watching the All-22. When you go back to the Cincinnati game, he got beat on a sluggo, slant and go, just not knowing where his underneath help was, not staying top shoulder. You really don't even break on that route. You got Kaywon Williams and all these underneath guys under there if they want to run the slant. You just got two routes you have to worry about in that: is the go route and the out route, and that's it. So the next game they came back versus Atlanta, they put Kyle Pitts out there. Same defense. He made an improvement. Almost nearly had an interception on the sideline. Should have went up and plucked the ball, waiting for it to come down. Kyle Pitts almost stripped it for him. And if even if you watch the plays that he gave up in the touchdowns, he's in position where his hand is on the ball. He's just lacking aggressiveness. He has to be more aggressive at the point of attack. And all defensive back coaches will tell you, no matter if you're beat on the route, no matter if you're out of phase, which means you're trailing a wide receiver, or you're in phase, which means your right shoulder is in front, you get an opportunity to look back. At the point of attack, you have to be strong. When the receiver's hands go to the football, you have to be as aggressive as the receiver or more. You have to exceed his aggressiveness. That's the only thing he's missing. And at the, at the line of scrimmage, you get up there and press for a reason. There's no need to get up there and be soft. If you're going to get your hands on the guy's breastplate, how about you push him out of bounds? How about you really disrupt the route to where the quarterback really don't even want to throw the ball over there? So he has all the tools and the capabilities by understanding where's my help, where's my leverage, being physical at the line of scrimmage, and the point of attack. And if you go back and look at even some of the balls he broke up, even against A.J. Brown and all those balls he was in position when the quarterback Tannehill broke outside the pocket, you're on top of the route. Be strong. Don't even let him give you that little nudge in your back. First of all, you should be outside the receiver top shoulder, not inside. He's not throwing the ball to you. So it starts with technique and knowing where you're supposed to be, but he's there. It's not like he's just getting beat so bad. It's like he's there. It's just about that, that 1% and finishing the route. He should have had another interception for a touchdown last week where the quarterback made the wrong read. They were in cover two. Whenever you have a rolled up corner within four yards getting a jam on the receiver, you don't throw the ball there. He made the wrong read. It kind of surprised him, but that goes down as a PBU, but it could have went down as a great play, could have ran it back for six. So I'm seeing improvements from him. On the other side, I'm thinking Josh Norman shouldn't touch the field. Too many mistakes. And all of it is his eyes staring at the quarterback, understanding leverage, not staying top shoulder. Now you're getting yourself in trouble. You're trilling the route now. Now you're grabbing. He's always had a problem with grabbing. So I don't think that he deserves he can't, he can't. He's not fast. It's not fast, so you have to be technique sound, you have to understand down the distance, you have to read formations, you have to watch film. not like you're watching film. A lot of these rounds, I can tell you they're coming. They beat you on the same route all the time. It's down the field, stutter to the outside, getting you to stop your feet, and then hit you on the inside, you grab, probably eight times this year. Hit the same route. Like, when are you going to fix it? We understand as a copycat lead, but how about you just make them throw the out, and you play the post? How about that? Let's try that this week. When we're playing this coverage, you run to where they've been beating you and make them run the out. Yes. That's how you got to teach him. Like, I don't care if you give up the out this week. Just run to the post. Can you do that for me? That's it. We'll work on breaking on the out later. So that's how I look, think of it when I think about him. Um, and then I think Emmanuel Moseley, I think he's supposed to return. Yeah, I think that he's supposed to return. He's coming off an ankle injury. It would be good to get him back. Um, he's playing phenomenal before he went out with the injury. And then when you look at the inside guys, you have K.Y. Williams. I like to see him play better. They were a little more aggressive last week in the run defense, blitzing him. But I like to see him be better in underneath zone coverages. There's some things I know that he knows about combinations where he should be that he's been lacking in underneath zone coverage. And that's for everybody. And that's going to be very important this week. You have Cooper Cup. Most of his routes come between zero and nine yards in between the center, in the, I mean, in between the tackles, that's where he's getting the ball. If you don't know that, then, you know, you shouldn't be out there. He's going to run the over route and cover three. He's going to be matched up with Fred Warner, right? And man-to-man covers. They're going to have Jimmy Ward on him. It's about winning those matchups. That's what it all boils down to. So I think the 49ers, they'll be okay to get these guys off the COVID list. They match up really well with the Rams.
0: We're
2: talking about Fred, that route last week that he gave up the touchdown. What happened? But well, that wasn't Fred's- his
4: fault. That was a lack of awareness from Jaworski tard So what he was doing, you got three receivers over there, and they're teaching Jaworski tard to play in between the tight – I mean, the receiver who has an obvious matchup um, advantage over Fred Warner, and if you have a tight end right here matched up with K'Wine Williams. Now, if I'm a safety, I'm thinking, who am I going to lean towards? Am I going to lean towards K'Wine Williams in the tight end or – their best receiver and Fred Warner. Light bulb got to go off. Okay, I'm going to tell Fred to stay inside of the receiver. Don't let him cross your face. And I'm going to stay on top. I'm locking you, K.Y. Williams, man to man. So when you watch that play, you see Tart drifting over to the tight end, and you got K.Y. Williams in perfect, in perfect position. That's on the safety there. It's a true advantage for the receiver, um, um, Brandon 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 Cooks over Fred Warner, so I put that on the safety.
2: Okay, on your Harbaugh teams, obviously we think, you know, the offense, Kaepernick running around, defense is incredible, Jim being a rock star, but the football people know your special teams was unreal because Bowman, Willis, I mean, all the good players played on special teams. When you watch this team play on special teams, what comes to mind?
4: Uh... I don't think they have enough guys that really take pride in what they do. We had a lot of guys that took pride in going out there and busting up wedges or put pride in being the, the guy that made the tackle or the first one down the field to touch the, 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 the paint or the end zone. A lot of times I don't even see the guys finish through the end zone. that shows me that they're trying to conserve energy. Like when we had guys, they' trying to run down there and make the best play possible to put the team in the best position, and that's what it takes on special teams. It takes a tremendous effort and heart. That's it. So when you lack special teams production, it tells me that you lack those type of high motor guys. And that's what they have. They have the guys in the room to do it. They just haven't been doing it. And special teams in the playoffs and 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 big games like they're gonna play this weekend, key. Big deal. You
1: know, I think anyone that's uh, listened maybe at the end of this conversation, people have heard you or watched you on TV on NBC Sports Bay Area. You have a very simple way of communicating. Will you be joining Jim Harbaugh's staff on the Las Vegas Raiders? What do you think?
4: He going to the Las Vegas Raiders? Well, I don't know. What do you think? Would it work? Do you yeah, think he should be back in NFL? I think it could work. You know, I think that he you know, get some DBs coached up, get them in the right position, teach them all the small nuances of the game. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe Ohio State or something. You know, They need it. <laughs> My guy, Brian Hartline, is doing an awesome job out there. Hell yeah. You know, the first-round picks that he's sending out, the wide receivers, and then you've seen the young kid in the uh, Rose Bowl, Marvin, record. Oh, yeah, Jackson Smith. I can't really say his name. Jackson Smith, what is it, Najeebo? I just call him 11. He had 346 yards. And he looked like he was just having so much fun. It was like practice. When I watched him playing, it was like – I. I would watch guys like Santonio Holmes and Teddy you know, and these guys in practice, and it's like so much easier and fluid in practice. That's how he looked in that game. He looked like he was in practice. He knew that he was about to tear a maneuver.
2: You know, you, you were there as a player, but, I mean, I guess toward the end, you know, I guess they had one more year after you left to go to, to Cleveland, but the bulky Harbaugh situation, was that ever something – Cause even Bulky right now, I mean, you see his name like people are like no one's gonna want to work for him in Jacksonville. Like, did did you have interactions? Obviously, you signed a contract. Yeah, day. I had <laughs>
4: interactions, but he was just I went there for Jim Harbaugh and the guys that I knew they had like Patrick Willis and guys that we could build around. I didn't really go there for Trent Bulky. I had limited interaction with him, and it was more so Harbaugh's thing. It wasn't Trent Bulky. The guys that signed there didn't sign there for Trent Bulky. The guys that play the way that they played, didn't play that way because Trent Baalke was in the building. Trent Baalke would try to come out and give guys um, tips on the field. Do you think guys took his advice? Absolutely not. I think Jimmy Ward spoke about that. I remember him coming out there and trying to tell guys about techniques. I mean, if you don't get out of here. So when I look back at those days, I think that the 49ers probably feel like they've made a mistake, probably. And that they probably should have just... Stuck with hardball and got bulky out of the building, but hindsight is twenty twenty, and you know his tactics weren't always the best, or you know everybody didn't always adhere to the tactics, but he won, and you know his tactics worked, and you know that's why he's having the success at Michigan, that's why he had success at Stanford, that's why he had the success at for San Francisco 49ers. I mean, it's a common denominator there. So I would think that it was Jim Harbaugh. And I can speak for a lot of the players, and they'll tell you that, nah, they didn't really mess up. They didn't really fool with Trent Baalke like that.
1: Dante, it's been awesome talking to you, man. We've enjoyed your work on TV. We appreciate you making time on a busy week. Thank you. And, Thank uh, you. It's great to see you. Yeah,
4: Thank you. Lot, you guys man. have a good one. Happy New Year.
1: You too, Dante. Take it easy. All right. Have a good one. Podcast brought to you in part by Truebill.com. Now, what is Truebill? Well, it's very easy. Truebill is an easy-to-use app that identifies your subscriptions to help you stop paying for things that you no longer need. Like for me, one thing, Truebill, I mentioned this on the last pod, I had uh, an NBA TV streaming account that was a month-to-month that I hadn't canceled, and it, that bad boy was just renewing 35 bucks a month, whatever it was. Then I'd forgotten that I have Audible, but I'm like seven credits behind on Audible. It's time for me to to just download some books and cancel the Audible because I'm paying every month and I'm not catching up. Truebill reminded me of that. They caught that subscription, which is like 15 bucks a month. So Truebill.com slash ham. It's a great app. Truebill.com slash ham. Go right now to check it out. They're saving you some money.
2: And did you sure. know, guy, that on average, and I'm sure this, if you just did the math and added up what they're catching you, but on average, they save up to people $720 a year. But think of that, that's just an extra hundred dollars, you know, $75 a month. And you don't even realize. I bet some people, you know, I bet this number is skewed. Like they're older people maybe have less. Us younger people that just sign up for things nonstop and be like, oh, I'll just do a one month free showtime, one month free Audible. There are probably some millennials. Some people like 27, 28, who have an extra $2,000, they don't even realize, cha-ching, 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 things they haven't looked at in six months. I bet yeah. that happens all the time.
1: I think the generation of people who we're in it now who didn't have to ever pull physical money out or ever write a check, you just money is just a digital thing. It's a lot remember easier. Remember when your parents
2: – remember like my dad would always have change in his pocket? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I got that here. And you'd like yeah. shake it around in your hand be like, 10, 11, Seventeen. Now I see the signs that say, please, exact change only. There's a coin shortage. We're like, no problem. That's not an issue for me. <laughs>
2: When's the last time you, besides the money you get back, ever have coins in your pocket? It's on-
1: <laughs> only liquor store Gatorade purchases when I end up with six cents in my pocket. And then yeah, I put safe. them just back on the counter. I'm like, here, just here's the yeah. penny. See a penny, take a penny, whatever. Start canceling today. They make it easy. In three easy steps, you can cancel subscriptions. Right now, those forgotten free trials have met their doomsday forget about those automatic renewals that's how they keep you but this is how you get rid of them don't fall for all those subscriptions subscription scams start canceling today at truebill.com slash ham yep truebill.com slash ham go right now
2: truebill.com slash ham can save you thousands of dollars i'm going to sign up tonight i need you truebill.com
1: slash ham forget about all those autopilot auto renews truebill.com slash ham
3: Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game, and I also have some season long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years, been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get ButcherBox.com ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you...
2: Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.
1: Uh, this is what we love about sports podcasts because the same thing falls into the category. There are there are some games that matter this weekend. The Niners game is at the top of the list. The Chargers Raiders game at the top of the list. A lot of other games like the Saints game is on that list for sure. You know there are other games that matter, but like need for the things to happen. Like the Ravens need to win and have Chargers win and Indy win and Miami lose and you know Pittsburgh needs to win and have Indy lose and have the Chargers Raiders game not end in a tie. Derek Carr has a playoff game himself, which is fantastic because he's never played in a playoff game. And here he is toe-to-toe with one of the golden childs of the NFL right now, Justin Herbert. Also also a guy that's you know kind of taken over L.A. in some ways, side-by-side with the Rams. And he's got a unique spot. He's never, ever been to the playoffs. He's never been to the playoffs. And all he's got to do is beat Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley in the Chargers and he goes to the playoffs in the year from hell. That'd be a hell of a story.
2: I also think his his career has, even though their numbers look a little bit different, and I think we all view Stafford as a better player than Derek, has some similarities. And, you know, when Stafford left the Rams, all we've been talking this year is he's never played in an important game, even though he played in the playoffs several times, right? It's not, like, But it never felt that big of a deal. It never felt that he, Derek gets a chance to play Sunday night football, the last week of the season, to win and get in at home. Alan Chris at home, win and get in. In his career, he's made a shitload of money. Derek, he's even said, like, I have more money than I even know what to do with. He is filthy rich. His brother was the number one overall pick back when they paid a lot. He dwarfed his brother in earnings and has more money coming. But I think to have a defining win on your career, you know, at 30 years old, because he doesn't have one. He just doesn't. Now, part of it, ankle shattered. I mean, part of the reason he didn't play in the playoffs, right? Because he was (laughs) taken off by a cart in the front of the seat. But that's the fact. He didn't get him in the back. It it did not happen. And this is an opportunity. I, I, I think the amount of credit he would get, and he is getting right now, but would quadruple if he can win this game against a team that is better than his, they're a favorite for a reason. The Chargers are better. They played earlier this season. The Chargers, I can't remember if that was Thursday or Monday night. It was definitely on a primetime game. They thoroughly outplayed them. They they outplayed them. It really wasn't close. They kind of made it. It felt like a game in the second half, but it wasn't. They had a good couple drives. Derek wins this game. It's easily – the. I mean, he just had one of the defining wins of his career, I thought, at Indy, the play he yep. made to Renfro. Well, this would be tenfold that, and that was big.
1: I, you know what? The other thing I, you know, I hate to use this word. As long as we've been doing the show, you know, I hate to use this word. Deserves. There's no deserves. Like you win the game, you deserve it. If you lose the game, you don't deserve it. But I will make an exception here. I think Derek's career deserves. I think he deserves this game. Um. Given the way he's played, especially the last three weeks, I said it on the last pod, but it hasn't been about putting up 350 yards it's been about making clutch plays which has been one of the questions with him over the years he's been clutch for several weeks in a row now for them in adverse situations and you know most of life just like most of sports you don't have your a plus stuff and so you have to find a way to perform when you don't and that's what he's done the last three weeks without his a plus stuff he's thrown two picks on the road in the cold they shouldn't have been in cleveland all that kind of stuff and he's done it and Again, I'm not going to use the word deserves, but I'm going to use the word deserves. I think he deserves the opportunity. He's He is playing for a franchise that, for the most part, does not do everything it can to give its players the chance to play on the biggest stages. He's played for Dennis Allen and RIP Tony Sperano and Jack Del Rio, who's solid, but he's not going to be a head coach in the NFL again. He's played for John Gruden, and that blew up. And he's playing for Rich Basaccia in one of the most... Uh, ridiculous seasons uh what team has been through in the history of the
2: league.
1: Yeah. As the team moved, they, the last year they played their owner didn't come to a game last year. I mean, it's just everything that he's been through. home, home game, home game. I think he traveled. Oh, okay. And did we ever get evidence? Like he never ventured in there. Uh, for no, don't game? take a photo. Fo- don't take photos. No shots of Mark in the booth. Um, but I think that Derek has performed for his career above the level of accomplishment that his team has, has gotten out of it. Whether or not he's a top tier one, like we have all these debates about Derek. To me, what's not debatable, far worse quarterbacks have made the playoffs than Derek Carr. Oh, far worse, yeah, right? Like, without question. He is, he is a good quarterback. He is a good quarterback. At minimum, he is a good quarterback. And um, I would love to see him in the playoffs. To get the opportunity at this point in his career to start to head push things down a different path. Who knows what comes next? Maybe it's Harbaugh, but you know. So if it's Harbaugh, they're in the playoffs next Who's year. Who's four- got it better than us?
2: The Chiefs, <laughs> like twenty-seven other teams, but we the got Chiefs! you, Jim. The, the the Patriots.
1: Hey, maybe the Raiders are fourteen and three next year, John. No, under, maybe, under I wouldn't. I would never put Jim it past Harbaugh. the big guy, old Jimmy. So I'd love to see it. And here's the beauty of this game. These teams play close games. The Raiders and the Chargers both play close games. I I could see I don't know what Rams not. There is no way that Raiders Chargers is not a single score game heading in the fourth quarter. That is a guarantee, John. You can stamp it. Raiders Chargers is a one score game going to the fourth quarter. It's just gonna okay, it's lady. just it's don't you agree? Uh if the Raiders are going
2: to win, it's going to be tight. I could see the Chargers being up by a couple touchdowns. All right. If I, the Raiders win, it's a tight game. Chargers win, I could see them winning handily. You think
1: Brandon Staley's just going to waltz right into the playoffs?
2: No, I mean, I, I, I'm i going to pick I'm Raiders, Niners. I like them both to win. We'll be big show, I mean, Sunday, and then hopefully we've got a playoff game.
1: Big show Sunday. Yeah, that's what you need to know. Big show Sunday. All right. Thanks for hanging out. Adios, y'all. people.